This should be played at high volume. Trouble, trouble in the South Turn. The one, the only, the greatest show round turf. Ace is your place for Friday night racing. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your starting lineup. Welcome to the Triad Racing Podcast. Here's your host, Randy Pettit. This is the Triad Racing Podcast. I am your host, Randy Pettit, the voice of Triad Racing. And I can say that because I am a busy, busy guy. Uh, in the summer months, we have the historic Madhouse going on Saturday nights, Bowman Gray Stadium Racing, which concluded its 2019 season in August. And I am your Friday night voice of Ace Speedway, a little bit north of Burlington. And Ace Speedway just concluded its regular season for 2019, but there's still more great racing to come. The 6th Annual Rodney Cook Classic will be rolling off at Ace Speedway on Friday night, October the 18th, and Saturday, that's right, Saturday, October the 19th. It's the biggest event of the season at Ace Speedway, and fans, if you've been waiting to check out Ace, this is your chance. Be sure to check out the Ace Speedway Facebook page, or you can go to acespeedway.net for complete details and information. We appreciate a Speedway and the 6th Annual Rodney Cook Classic sponsoring this edition of the Triad Racing Podcast. Our guest is the Limited Lake Model Champion for 2019 and a name that's familiar to fans who have been following racing here in the greater Triad area, Penn Cram Jr., our guest tonight. We'll talk to Penn in just a few minutes. Again, the Rodney Cook Classic rolling off at A Speedway on Friday night. October the 18th and Saturday, October the 19th. Now, fans, it is a two-day show. On the 18th, you'll get to see the Ground Pounders, the Southern Ground Pounders, the Vintage Modified and Sportsman cars, and some of the older fans will remember when those cars were the main event back in the day. And the younger fans will have a chance to see these uh, iconic classic cars and folks, they, they don't ride around. They race. They mix it up. You'll see a great race with the Southern Ground Pounders. And the main event, if you will, for Friday night will be the must-see TV sprint cars. They'll be there. They'll have several qualifying heats and one of their two championship races of the weekend. And we'll have, of course, qualifying for the main event, the Rodney Cook Classic, and a lot of other action on Friday night, October the 18th. Saturday, October the 19th, it is a who's who of racing with the must-see TV sprint cars and a championship finale at a speedway. And, of course, the main event, the Rodney Cook Classic, one of the premier late model races in the southeast, 140 laps. It's big money, big prestige. There will be lots of other great racing. Check it out at acespeedway.net, or you can go to the Ace Speedway Facebook page and check out the Rodney Cook Classic. Well, one of the drivers who has uh, been racing with us all season long at Ace Speedway, and he's been racing here in the greater triad area for a long time, and he got his first Ace Speedway championship. Uh, he secured that on Friday night. Uh, September the 20th, and he's here with us tonight, the Triad Racing Podcast. Congratulations, Penn Crim Jr. You've had a few, uh, a couple of weeks now to uh, savor the moment for that championship. Has it sunk in yet? Yeah. You know, the older you get, the harder things are to come by. When you're young, you think you're invincible. We won three back in the late 80s and uh, kind of walked away from racing and didn't ever intend to, this to happen again, but we started back racing, things just kind of fell into place, and then when you have the opportunity, 
you better take it when you have the chance. That's exactly right. Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to let the fans know that don't follow Ace Speedway that closely. It's a pretty long season. Uh, Ace started in late March and ended its regular season on September the 20th. And you know, for you to win a championship like you did, it takes quite a bit of dedication from you and your team and all your sponsors and everybody puts all that together. Uh, it's a pretty long season. To me, it kind of goes by pretty fast, but I'm not the one having to work on that race car. Uh, so on behalf of the track and all the fans, I want to thank you for your dedication to Ace Speedway this year. And I guess winning that championship kind of makes it feel a little more worthwhile. Well, it started out, things was rolling good. And I had a couple of people that helped me get sick. It, it really turned into a chore there toward the end. I mean, it was, like I say, a whole lot of fun. I had my wife, my kids, and uh, people that helped me, and Ed and all. And Ed got sick and got down, couldn't make it to the races. Weeble, he couldn't come by and help. So it really become a chore to try to finish that little task off. Well, a lot of the fans, uh, you know, that have never been part of a race team don't understand. It's a lot of work uh, to get a race car to the racetrack, and especially if you have anything go wrong. Now, you had a pretty a pretty good season as far as that goes. I don't remember any big crashes or any major mechanical functions, but you did have a little bit of a curveball that you threw out there. You, you debuted a different car uh, toward the middle of the season. Tell us a little bit about that decision to do that. Well, we was running a car, and we just um, when you've been out of it as long as I have, things change. And I didn't like the feel of it, couldn't get the car to do what I wanted to, and I had another car that had some age on it, but it was a new piece. So we put it together and debuted it, and I just liked the feel of it better. I haven't exactly got it where I want it, but it's a better piece than what we had to start with. Well, I guess probably the one thing, if you could change about this year, uh, winning the championship, you were solid all year. You are on the podium week in and week out, second, third, fourth, fifth place finishes. But the one thing, if my memory serves correct, you didn't get a win at a Speedway this year. I hate to rub that in, but I know you're smiling over there. That's probably the one thing if you'd like a do-over. You were close a couple of times, but not quite. Well, I guess you win when you deserve it. We tried hard. We worked hard. Things just didn't fall into place. And I've won a lot of races in my day, but it's people don't understand. It's very hard to win races. It is hard. And there was some really good competition this year uh, in limited late models at Ace. Uh, David Latour Jr., you know, he had Kevin Neal uh, sponsoring that car and helping him with it. And Kevin, of course, uh, sportsman champion over at Bowman Gray. And uh, Latour had an excellent season, won a bunch of races. Uh, he looked like the guy to beat week in and week out, but there were some other tough competitors too. Well, them guys, like you said, you called them out. They work hard. It's a seven-day-a-week thing. You don't work on it one day. They don't start Friday morning and get that car ready. It's a whole week process, and I have a business to run. I don't get to dedicate the time like you need to, so I have to rely on the people that help me. And uh, my wife gave me a new car. I didn't even get it put together yet. That's We just don't have time to do that. So we're looking to get that together, and... Uh, Dylan Harville, I mean, like I say, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan, would, Dylan was another one of those guys that won and, you know, had a, had a really good season too. If you don't put in the time, you're not going to beat them. They're there to win just like you are, and that's it just takes time and dedication. Jamie York, uh, Jason York's son, he finally got a win there at the end of the season, and he had been up there, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth a lot. So, uh, you know, it was a lot of good competition. Them guys work. I'm not just telling you, all of them's good drivers, and – you don't show up just thinking you're going to have a cakewalk with them. I can promise you that. 
Ben, for the uh, for the fans that may not be as familiar with you, let's talk. Let's roll back the clock a little bit and talk about when you first started racing. Uh, what did you drive? Where? And how long ago was it? I ran a couple of races at Bowman Gray back in the mid '80s. I got you. Okay. And uh, we had a street stock. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. I think I remember. And I was a uh, a teenager back then. Uh, but I do remember that name, and, and uh, of course, a lot of good competition in the street stock division over at the Madhouse. And you're a Belize Creek guy, so Bowman Gray is actually the closest racetrack to you. Yeah, it's probably not but about 20 minutes from the house. But uh, I really didn't have any help, and money was tight, and we went to Caraway and had a little bit of success, and they paid a little better money. And we didn't seem to beat and bang and tear up as much stuff, so that just kind of helped us out. We didn't have so to when, so when did you edge into Caraway, and how long did you race there? Uh, I'm going to say it was probably about 84 or 85, and uh, we just kind of settled there, and we ran half a dozen races the first couple of years and got us a good car and uh, won a race and decided to run for the championship. So 86 on to 88, we ran pretty hard, and then we set out a year in 89 to build a new late model stock car and then went to ace and ran the first race they ever ran at ace with it being paved in 1990 that's right 1990 uh the the, the uh, other turner folks uh were there and uh, paved the racetrack and uh, so you were there for that first one huh that that's got to be pretty cool yeah actually robert turner that runs the track now he was there participating as a competitor also yeah he won he's won a lot of uh, races around that place uh, and everybody keeps telling me more and more how great a driver he was how how great a career he had and and uh you know i kind of feel for son jason you know it's tough when when pops that's a big shadow to 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 walk in and and uh you know jason is uh and his dad they they seem to make a good one-two punch they're both a little different they have a different way of doing things a little old school new school and um, you know, I, I've worked for them now almost a full year and a full season, and it's been really cool to be a part of the Ace Speedway family. So you were there from the very beginning when it was a NASCAR-sanctioned paved track, and uh, what were your first thoughts when you went there? Uh, it was a super nice place. Uh, like you say, the other Turners, Fred Turner, and uh, they built a nice facility, but uh, everybody likes to think it wasn't easy then. You had Barry Begley, Jay Fogelman, Robert Turner, Todd Massey, I mean, there was... It was tough. A lot of great competition. And we got lucky that year, and I think we won like two races. And uh, you just don't forget things like that. Now, you've been racing a pretty good while. Um, when when did you make the decision to, to, to get back in it in, in the last few years? And, and uh, do you ever go, oh, my gosh, what have I done? Yeah, honestly, the, the business was going good and growing that me and my wife run. And uh, Jeremy Stoltz the brother to uh, Derek Stoltz that runs at the stadium, called me. Primetime light. Had a guy that was going to want to do some racing and asked me. I had a bunch of equipment, and he was willing to get it all together, and uh, he done so. And he called me and said, look, the kid's never driven. Would you mind going and shaking it down? I left the cell phone at the house. I went to the racetrack. Hadn't been to the racetrack and sat in the car in probably 16 years or so. 16 years, wow. And I went down there and... Honestly, it was the most fun I had had in several years. I got away from all of the business and just had a good time. And uh, then something happened, and the kid didn't come back to race. And Jeremy and I talked and decided we'd go run a couple of races, and 
once you get the bug, you never get rid of it. I, I understand, totally. We'll talk about that in a minute. My name is Randy Pettit. I'm your host of the Triad Racing Podcast, and you're listening to myself and my guest, Penn Krim Jr., uh, Penn, a veteran of Triad Racing. He's raced at several different tracks here in the, in the greater Triad area, the Madhouse Bowman Gray Stadium. He's raced out at Caraway, and, uh, of course, he's a regular at Ace Speedway, just wrapped up his first Ace Championship, uh, the 2019 Limited Late Model title. The Triad Racing Podcast is made possible uh, due to the hard work of our great producer, Desmond Johnson. We want to give Desmond thanks for all he does to uh, get our program uh, out there where folks can listen to it. And we appreciate all of our fans, drivers, teams, and sponsors who are listening to this edition of the Triad Racing Podcast. Please share it. Uh, help us keep this program going. We'd like to continue a dialogue of local racing uh, done in a format where we can honor some of our uh, champions, uh, some of our top drivers, get to know these drivers, give them a little love. And uh, later on in our Tried Racing podcast, we're going to start um, listening to some of the retired drivers, going to bring some guys out that you fans haven't heard from in a while. We're going to get them on our podcast as well. It's made possible by the sponsorship of Ace Speedway. Now, Ace just concluded its uh, 2019 regular season uh in September on the 20th, but uh, the main event, if you will, of the entire year, the big one, the one they've been waiting for all season, is about to roll off the 6th Annual Rodney Cook Classic, and that is on Friday. That's Friday night, October the 18th. Uh, the must-see TV sprint cars will be there, and um, if you've never seen them, they are pretty wicked fast. They are about two and a half seconds a lap faster than the A-Speedway late models. They are really getting it on ton of horsepower, not a lot of weight, and they are just bad to the bone. They're going to have a bunch of qualifying uh, races, and then they're going to have a uh, one of their two main events. They'll have one on Friday night and one on Saturday, and this will help them determine their season championship. Uh, we're expecting 20 to 30 cars there, somewhere you know in the 20 to 25 range is what we've been hearing. Uh, it's going to be a full field. It's going to be exciting. We'll have the Southern Ground Pounders there on Friday night, and, of course, we'll have all the qualifying and all the preliminary activity for the 6th Annual Rodney Cook Classic, which is a 140-lap late model race uh, set to roll off as the main event on Saturday, and that's a day race, October the 19th. Pinkram Jr., uh, I've been asking all my recent guests about Rodney Cook. Tell us, uh, tell us about your relationship with Rodney Cook and why this event is so important to continuing uh, all that he meant to triad racing. Well, Rodney, he was a real competitor. He had a lot of success. He worked hard. He earned everything he ever got. But back when Ace started racing, drivers weren't like they are today. You didn't socialize. You weren't friends. I mean, you was basically there to win the race, and you didn't socialize and carry on. So personally, I didn't know many of the people that I raced against. And uh, it's not, like I say, it's just not like today where everybody just kind of chit-chats and then goes out and races. You know, it was a lot more intense, uh, for lack of a better word, back then. Well, you know, uh, every, everybody that I've had that's talked about Rodney, just the key word they all bring up, he was a racer. And, you know, racers love to race. And I, I think the true racer is, is starting to dwindle a little bit. You know, there's a lot of people race cars out there that may, some of them may be listening to this podcast, and they got them in the garage, man. They got them up on jack stands, and for whatever reason, they're, they're not racing. And, you know, racers race. And Rodney was one of those guys. It was a race. He was going to do everything he could to be there. And, uh, you know, like you said earlier, once you get that in the blood, it's really hard to shake. So it was 16 years you were on the sidelines. 
Um, and, and it sounds like somewhere deep down inside, you still missed it. You know, we didn't go to races. I mean, you can't. You're either a racer or you're a spectator. And you can't really be both. I'm a, I'm a terrible spectator. When I go to the racetrack, I, I'm, I'm, I'm used to being in the middle of everything, just like you're used to being behind the wheel. And, you know, it's tough for me to be a fan as well. Exactly. I mean, it's just something you either do it or you watch it. Exactly. Um, you know, think back to your racing career. What's, um, what's, what's probably the, the shining moment, if you've had one, of your whole career that, you know, when you're, um, when you're retired somewhere down the road and, you know, taking it easy and not racing, not working, that you'll think back on that maybe, maybe was your, your biggest moment in the sun, if you will? Man, it's just the day that I'm looking forward to winning at Ace just so my daughter can have her picture made with her dad. I got you. I got you. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, you were in the hunt all season. You had a good car. Uh, tell us a little bit about this this car you drug out. Uh, you were telling us that even though it was a car you hadn't raced, uh, you'd had that car a long, long time, and you guys uh, got it out uh, and and got it race ready, and you, you came out of the gate faster uh, than you did in the car you brought uh, back in March when you started the season. Oh, yeah, it was just a coilover car. We knew a little bit more about it, and uh it's it's set there it's not fatigued out it's not it's it's just today's technology has come a long ways since that car was built in early 2000 or 99 whenever it was put together you can't get it this down low to the track it's it's just a lot of struggles to try to make it like a new car i gotcha now you said earlier your wife gave you a race car uh you know that's uh that's pretty awesome life man there's a lot of guys out there listening going man you better hang on to that woman yeah, well, I've caught a lot of grief because we've not ever got it together yet, and I'm not saying we're getting beat on equipment because I really feel like right now I'm probably the weakest link in my racing team. I mean, we have good engines. Uh, Brian Tanner just gives me everything I ask for, and the guys work on the car relentless. And, look, I've been out from behind the wheel for a long time, and you don't just come back in there and pick up where you left off. Yeah, and, you know, um, there's that constant battle of youth and vigor and, and, and then age and experience and wisdom, and, you know, they're both worth something uh, in the middle of the summer when it's blazing hot outside and, you know, when you're 19, 20 years old, you know, and you just don't know any better. And then when you've raced for, for decades or been around a racetrack like I have for decades and you're going, man, it's hot, you know, it's just it's a whole different attitude, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's uh, totally different, but... The longer races tend to, tend to suit me better because I'm not one that just goes out there and goes crazy to start with, and the short races really do tend to hurt us. I mean, if you've noticed, we don't really qualify that well because we used to get one lap of qualifying. We never really you know, tried to qualify well, and 50-lap uh, race, you don't have time to start back our fourth, fifth, or sixth and get to the front. There's you know, a lot of races we had with no cautions. We could get to second or third, and you just don't have time to get there. I got you. Um, today's racing compared to when you first started back in the eighties. What's what's the biggest thing that's changed? The amount of cars. I mean, I don't, I can't explain why, but back whenever we raced, we had a full field of cars every week. Some weeks there were so many cars that some went home without getting to race. Yeah, not not a problem now. And you know, the struggle to get cars is is. Uh, you know, I've been all around the country, and, and I've seen it at a lot of places. And, you know, there's been many good racetracks that 
you know, were on top back in the day, and they're gone. They're they're not even racing anymore. Uh, and you know, a speedway is well documented. They've had some struggle. They started and stopped and started and stopped a couple times. And you know, and part of the reason I'm down there, honestly, is because I like that place. I think it's a great racetrack, it's a great facility. There's a lot of great fans, you know, up in Eden and Stoneville and Reedsville and Danville, and uh, then you get over to Burlington and. Uh, Mebane and you know east side of Greensboro and places like that and you know they they want a track to go to uh, and I think they're hungry for some good racing and and you got to commend Robert and Jason Turner they have put all their chips in the center of the table and said hey we're in uh, we're going to try to make this place uh, the place to be on Friday nights again they have done an excellent job with the purse I don't know what they've got to do to get cars to come there I mean they've paid good money yeah, and and I don't know why people. I don't know what the deal is. If I could fix that, I could be working right beside you at any track I wanted to. Because every track that I know of struggles to get car count this day and time. Well, I've heard a lot of different things, and you know, one of the things that uh, somebody pointed out one day is that you know, when I was a kid, being on a car, there was a lot of things you could do to a car. Uh, to tune it up, to change the oil, to do maintenance and things. And, you know, the whole country in general, especially a young man, you know, they were they were car enthusiasts. You know, we, we loved to hear a, a car with a big motor in it, you know, the muscle cars of the 70s. We loved that kind of stuff. And, and you know, you look at the, today's cars, there's there's still some out there, but there's not nearly as many. And a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the young men now particularly – uh, you know, they don't even change oil in their car, much much less have an interest in going fast and racing. Right. And I mean, a lot of it's, you know, the, the cars of today, you can't change the oil and tune them up yourself. It's a, you've got to plug and play. You have to take it to a technician. It's got a $50,000 machine to tell you what's wrong with it. And that, I guess people, you can't afford that if you're an individual. So they just lose interest and play these video games. Um, during the, you know, when the break from driving ended and you got back in the race car you you said that one that one moment that you had when you got back in it and you were just trying to get the car you know get a feel for the car for the other driver you you said that's most fun you've had in a long time it the gentleman like i say back to jeremy he put the car conventional he didn't know anything about this bump stop stuff and all that they're running today so the car was basically conventional i liked the feel of it we ran good laps and now you're on bump stuff that I've never had any dealings so with. So it's fair to say you're kind of an old school racer. I am. I do not like the feel. I haven't got the feel in the car that I'm looking for. Uh, we run a lot of fast laps throughout the race, but I'm moving around searching, trying to find it, and there's. I just haven't gotten the feel in the car that I'm looking for. I got you. Uh, Rodney Cook Classic's coming up, and, and I think I think you guys are, are racing a part of that, correct? Yes, sir. We've got a 50-lap race before the 140-lap uh, Rodney Cook race. That's going to be a heck of a race, man, because, you know, at that championship race uh, back on September 20th, we had a, a few new faces showed up, and uh, I got a feeling there's going to be a lot more for the Riding Cook Classic weekend. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think we had 14 that last night. Maybe we can get 20. I mean, like I say, Robert and Jason's really tried. They've paid a lot of money in the late model race. I, I can't explain why the cars aren't showing up. Any um, any thought of Pencrim Jr. moving up to late model? I know you've ran them in the past. Uh, is that something that you've thought about for 2020? Well, there again, it, it, you've got to work, be able to work on it. And running a business doesn't really dedicate a lot of time to that. And 
I struggle personally with all of the engine combinations. I mean, back whenever I was racing, if you ran a Chevrolet, you ran a 350 steelhead motor with a 350 carburetor. If you ran a Ford, you ran the 351. And now they had a race the other week. There was 11 engine combinations that you could run. Wow. And that just doesn't play well for, I mean, a man would have to have 11 different engine combinations to be exactly sure of which one he needed, and you don't have time to do that. So... Somebody needs money too. <laughs> somebody needs to get it reined in. I don't know how to tell them to fix it, but something needs to be done there. Do, do uh, you know, like in the NASCAR Truck Series, they went to a spec engine that the series is providing. Uh, you know, Thor Sport been in the news because they got two of those NASCAR provided motors put together by Ilmore, and they blew up and cost them a chance to advance in playoffs. Do, do you think anything like a spec type engine that everybody has to use would that would that be a way to go? I'm not going to say. I just not going to say. I don't think that <laughs> He's you can over there. I mean, you know, it's uh, back whenever we was racing in the '90s. Uh, the engines, in my case, they cost you know sixteen to twenty thousand dollars. I spent some time with Whitey Taylor up at Franklin County Speedway, and you know, Whitey's been called a lot of things, crazy like a fox, and sometimes just crazy. But you know, I thought I thought Whitey had a, a darn good idea. Uh, just take the 1990 Winston Racing Series rule book for late model stock and just put that back on the table and say, okay, boys, let's go race. Because, you know, back then, uh, there was some great racing. Oh, yeah, it was probably the best racing that I've ever been involved in. And, I mean, you had plenty of cars. Like I say, a 200-lap race at Caraway, a lot of nights cars went home and didn't get to race. Exactly. Well, Ben, we're going to wrap things up here in just a few minutes, but I wanted to give you a chance to uh, thank your sponsors and everybody on your team uh, for being so dedicated this season. And I know you had some ups and downs and, and tried it out a second car, but, uh, man, you were you were there through thick and thin. You were there every Friday night. And, again, on behalf of all the fans that got to see that and all the track sponsors and folks that run the track and myself, I want to congratulate you on the championship, and I'll give you a chance to uh, thank your folks. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And, uh, like I say, when we got back into it, we really didn't know much, and I've met a lot of great people this year. I mean, Keith Montgomery, he's, uh, you know, sponsors Victory Circle at Ace. And I'd love to have my picture made with him in that last race. And H.C. Sellers, Peyton Sellers, you know, they was in the fight for the national championship. They provided me a car down there for the last race in case something happened because we had the twins. That's pretty awesome. And uh, Joe Van Hedgecock out of High Point. I mean, that's my wife purchased a car from him, and I've got to get it together. So. Jay Bird, I know Jay. He's a great dude and builds a great race car. And, uh, you know, my cousin, Henry, he's done the tires. He'd done the tires back whenever we was winning races in the 80s. And that last race down there, uh, David Larimore and Richie Young and uh, Suzanne, uh, a lot of people that was throughout my whole career was there. So I just can't, I mean, I'm sure I'll forget someone, but uh, like I say, Brian Turner gave us anything that we asked for, and everybody else has just been very helpful. Well, you know, I'm impartial, and I'm not allowed to root for anybody, and I don't, but uh, it certainly wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit uh, to to get to interview you in that Montgomery Performance Victory Lane at Ace Speedway on uh, on October the 19th. And good luck to you, Pen Cram. Thank you very much, and I hope I do get to talk to you in Victory Lane down there. Well, folks, this is the Triad Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Pettit. Again, thanks to Ace Speedway and its 6th Daniel Rodney Cook Classic, uh, which is scheduled on Friday night, October the 18th, and Saturday, October the 19th, a day race on Saturday and Friday night on the 18th. A lot of great action. Check out the Ace Speedway Facebook or you can go to acespeedway.net for more information. And please 
share this Stride Racing Podcast. Help us keep it going, and I'll see you at the track.